Uh, and I was having a really interesting discussion on Twitter the other day about the idea of what movies are for. Uh, and I think just sometimes people look at it in very different ways. One of my friends online was talking about this idea that she has never enjoyed a movie that she wouldn't watch again. And that's a very different way from the way I look at movies. I think, I think sometimes people look at movies like, I want to go be entertained. I want to enjoy myself. And I think there's definitely a place for that. I mean, I think there's plenty of movies that are like that. But there are movies that are not necessarily meant to be quote-unquote liked. Uh, and I kind of put the put Mother in that category. Is It's, it's a vicious movie. <laughs> That's Till the Words Run Out by singer-songwriter Josh Nolan off his album Fair City Lights, which you can purchase off iTunes and find a link to various other places in our show notes. And the voice you heard before that was Dave from the great Pop Culture Case Study podcast, where he talked about Mother, and in particular the responses from film Twitter and film fans in general to Mother. We will also be discussing that film, along with a ghost story and some other divisive bits of filmmaking. Welcome to Marcus Played, the movie podcast about movie podcasts and the discussions that come from them. I'm Michael Denniston of Projecting Film, and joining me is Andrew of The Last New Wave and AB Film Review. So, Andrew, uh, we're going to talk about a movie that uh, you probably don't have much to say about, right? Nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. Well, that's nothing. good. I, you know, I feel like the <laughs> internet needs some discussion on Mother because it's a bit lacking. Of, of late film Twitter doesn't have a lot to say about this one. This, this is a pitch. They just let go right past them. Didn't take a swing at it. So I think we're here to provide a, a service. Um, I I'm coming at it as someone that really did not like this film and you're no? coming at it. I think from a more positive bent without a doubt, I called it a masterpiece. I said it was, uh, uh Darren Aronofsky's best film. Um, and I threw a bunch of other really positive hyperbole, at it as well. I thought it was uh, really good. Um, I liked it. You know, normally yeah. uh, in this, you know, this show, this concept we have, we're not we're not here to just promote ourselves. But I, the editor in me, I think it would be remiss if I did not play your better half on AB Film Review. Somewhat, not even scoffing, but uh, you know, basically trying to 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 hold on to the reins there, saying like, hold hold on, can we can we wait more than you know. A few hours after seeing it to declare it a masterpiece. I think this is a masterpiece of no, cinema. I think this is Darren Aronofsky's best film. Oh, I, I think this is fantastic. This is this is something okay. else altogether. Um, you can know, you really make that judgment that quick after seeing yeah, it? Yeah, I can. I can. We, we had literally watched it, uh, uh, you know, six hours before we recorded uh, our show on it. And um, yeah, you know, like it's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to keep that in, inside. Uh, but yes, yeah, she was, uh, she was less than pleased uh, with my response. And it's been a couple of days since we watched and I asked her uh, what her rating was for it last night. And she said, she still has no rating. So take that for what you will. Well, that, that's actually what I'm, I'm most interested in uh, because I, I have, uh, I don't have, any particular interest or fondness for the film so discussing it and it's and its meaning is not as much on my mind although we can get into that 
but our friend Dave from Pop Culture Case Study did uh, an episode that I, I greatly liked, and he's someone that's you know team mother. He's right there. He's co-captain with you on that that squad. Uh, but his his episode was not a uh, strict review, and some of that may be uh, scheduling issues. I know he had on his show, but he he just did sort of a one man uh, sort of rant on on film discussion on how we how we approach cinema now. And so I know you listened to that episode. What what are your thoughts on what what he had to say as far as the discussion surrounding Mother, not so much the film itself? Uh, look, I completely agree with everything that he said, which is, um, you know, going to make him very happy if he listens to this. Um, but, I, you know, because one, one of the key aspects that I find and, and he has found about, uh, you know, film Twitter and film discussion in a lot of regards is that you're either you're, you're wrong or you're right. And if you're wrong, then everybody will tell you you're wrong and uh, kind of, you know, throw salt at you. It's like uh, in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with the, the snail, uh, played by Mary Lynn Ricecub, who's this kind of dirty, filthy kind of person, and they call her the snail and they salt her to make her go away. That's what kind of like, if you're wrong uh, on film Twitter, that's what everybody does to you. And if you're right, then everybody will tell you that you're wrong. Um, and so Dave really enjoyed the film and he spent, you know, as he says in his his uh, coverage of it, he spent a couple of days with people on film Twitter basically telling him, every single reason why he was wrong. And so, yeah, you know, we can talk about the film mother, but I think what's more interesting is the way that we discuss films and the way that um, people kind of collectively gang up together to uh, both a bring people down or lift people up uh, when we want to. And I find it really interesting and fascinating that that's, that's what happens in today's society. Um, So yeah. What did you think of it as well? Well, I, I first off, I wish that Dave had shouted out those people so I could follow them immediately. Those those like minded <laughs> souls that, that called him a monster. Uh, those are feelings that I've I've harbored for a long time uh, against my my co host on the grand gesture. I I've I've said this before. I'm on record as being, um, I guess, a bit unhappy with the sports team like aspect of film, uh, in, in particular the the social media. Uh, discussion of films. Ten, teams are divided in weird ways as far as this rooting interest, and you see it a lot in Oscar season, uh, which I understand because the Oscars is, I guess, the closest thing to a sporting competition for mm-hmm. cinema. Uh, they're, they're, we're going to declare winners and losers, uh, which is unfortunate because you know the primary aim is it's just a marketing arm. It's just something that the industry has done to promote their wares and and hope that it drives ticket sales or video sales, what have you. Uh, but I have to admit, I, I do think that something like mother, even the, the, the pro side of this, I've not read or seen, listened to many reviews that don't point out how divisive the film is. And usually these are the people who are enthralled with it and love it. So I think it's slightly disingenuous to embrace that, how divisive this movie is, how, how awesome it is that something like this was made, and then not expect uh, extreme negativity. Like, and that, I think that the thing that I find lacking with Mother is where, where are the middle of the road reviews? Where, where are the people saying it was all right? <laughs> I guess it was pretty good. I, or, you know, it was it, this didn't work for me, that didn't. Uh, I think something that is as abrasive as, as mother good or bad um, is geared to get those reactions from people. So this is one of those films that uh, is really courting 
you know, what we're maligning on film Twitter in a way. I, th- I mean, I think that's what's driving interest in it is it's divisive. It's divisive. It's divisive. Yeah. Well, I think the thing is that there's so much in this film that can be left up to interpretation. I'm sure, Darren Aronofsky probably has something in mind of what he wants to say. And and I'm sure that there will be some kind of, uh, you know, expression of whatever he's, he was actually saying in this film down the line or commentary or something to explain exactly what he's meaning um, because he's that kind of person, which is good, you know, sure. Um, but I think that kind of helps fuel the antagonism and the anger that, you know, when a film is so obviously left up to the viewer's interpretations that if it doesn't match up to your interpretation or my interpretation or everybody else's, then you're wrong. And, you know, you have to see it from my way because that's the only way that this film exists. It's from my perspective. I'm not saying, you know, listeners from my perspective. I'm just saying that the people who are telling you they're wrong, uh, they're trying to say that it's from their perspective and, you know, you're wrong for certain things. You know, you were saying about um, reviews that kind of don't, that that always kind of talk about the uh, controversial nature of this film. Um, there's one that I listened to. So there's a local Australian guy, Jason DeRosso, who does a show called The Final Cut. Darren Aronofsky has always been a director interested in pushing images to relay extreme emotion, perhaps nowhere more successfully than in his fever dream, Black Swan, with Natalie Portman. In Mother, he heads further into the terrain of waking nightmare than ever before and reveals the limits of his creativity. The film overheats. The portrayal of female suffering, so central to its apparent feminism, becomes a sadistic spectacle, akin to watching a doomed lab rat take the wrong path in a maze. Violence transforms the chamber piece into a swirling opera, with Lawrence a martyr in a sea of extras who heap scorn and eventually physical violence on her. There are echoes of Buñuel's Viridiana in Mother, though it goes on too long and the paucity of visual ideas becomes painfully apparent. The camera swirls around the madness as Aronofsky attempts to critique celebrity culture, gender roles and the hollowness of the modern age. But the film has all the incisiveness of an over-exuberant piece of amateur political theatre and the lurid fresco of fans, managers and hangers-on becomes a visual and oral cacophony lacking sophistication. Think La Dolce Vita, crossed with The Shining, but without the wit. A 21st century male feminist credo that uses the spectacle of a woman suffering for the most meagre of returns. Men will treat you badly, especially the sensitive artistic ones, but the world will forgive them everything. Damn them. Or perhaps it was ever thus. You decide, I guess. What a terrible waste of time. Um, It's a great show. Highly recommend listening to it. Um, And his review of Mother was recorded, I assume, before the other reviews came out. And everything that he says in the review, like he uses some great analogies in it as well and kind of, you know, refers to it as being this this huge Greek opera in some regards and then, then, you know, compares it to religion and all this kind of stuff. Says all this different stuff uh, in much more eloquent words than I can use, uh, which is really interesting. And everything about it, I was like, yep, it ticks that box. It ticks that box. I completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. And then the last thing that he says, this is a waste of your time. Don't go and watch this movie. And I'm like, <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
So uh, I don't know. I think that perspectives are really different and it depends on, uh, you know, it depends on what you what you want to be able to say about this film. And I think that one of the things which Dave was talking about is that everybody wants to feel like they have the hot take that, that gets the millions of retweets and everybody sees and is like, yeah, I completely agree with this guy. You know, he wrote 140 characters and that's everything that this film is about. Um, and I think that everybody wants that, that kind of uh, notoriety as being the one to have cracked it. And if you're not that one, then again, you're wrong. Maybe. I yeah, don't know. There was an account. Uh, I can't remember. Um, something to, I think it was primer. I, I want to say it was that film. It could, it's something like that. Something very cultish uh, where, where people, it's like this puzzle, this Rubik's cube that they're trying to put together. Uh, and I remember just doing a podcast on primer or some film like that and tweeting it out. And there was some account that was just searching on Twitter for anyone who mentioned that film. And then they <laughs> would send you a message uh, and then with a link to their blog where there is like, you know, this film decoded, like I'm the one that's figured it out. And I'm like, I have, you know, less than zero interest in, in that. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like what you're talking about. I, you know, I, I don't like the mother hot takes. Um, uh, and I certainly, I'm really not looking forward to the, <laughs> the pieces on this, you know, down the road. If, if it's still in the, uh, the film sort of Twitter consciousness, because I, I'm one of those people that thinks like, oh, this is pretty simple. Like what I don't like about like I, I was I was really into this film for the first half. Like the Michelle Pfeiffer Ed Hare stuff I find greatly amusing. And mm. I, I just I was I was riveted by it because I, I just I love the you know, the social norms or the expectations of politeness that we were going through with that film and there's I'll, I'll just warn people if you're listening to a, a movie podcast on movie podcast, this is going to be, we're going to get into spoilers because you know, it's, it's kind of hard to talk about, but there is a death with these, these guests involved. And so then there's this sort of, uh, makeshift or sort of funeral proceeding that happens. Everything happens really quickly in this film. Like the, the time is somewhat elusive here as far as how long has we've transpired with these characters. But, uh, the expectation that is placed on Jennifer Lawrence as host to strangers that she does not know because there's been a death in their family, you know, and something that should, should greatly put her out that there's been a murder in her home. She now has to act a certain way because these people are in the grieving process, even though they're incredibly rude and incredibly strange that this is even happening. All that stuff I really liked. And then it's this fucking, this, this God shit that Aronofsky has to do. It's like, I thought we got this out of our system with Noah. And I'm like, oh, it's, you know, this, this act of creation. So I read it two ways. I read it, you know, obviously the, the biblical stuff uh, where, you know, you have mother nature here, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, and you, you have, you have God and this, this belief in humanity that uh, is, is something that never, it's a bet that never pays off. Right. It's just mm -hmm. something that it, he's just an idiot for continuing to give us everything and then we we end up eating babies as as we are want to do that's that's what we do um or or i saw it as it was the as aronofsky's look at um you know being an artist the artistic process uh, the selfishness that it requires of you uh to to give something to the world uh and to see it be torn apart by the public yeah and you know both yeah. of them i find i, I find both of those i, I don't find them really interesting i feel like it's ground that he's already covered and so i don't really find it to be like this shockingly new raw 
fever dream that he's having. I'm just like, oh yeah, he's yeah, he kind of kind of goes back to the well on this one. Um, that that's my issue with it is that it it just did not really it didn't go f- further. It didn't go. It didn't really go to some new area for him. And I know some people really you really like artists that cover <laughs> the same territory, right? I mean, it's, it's a I, bit unfair. Uh, maybe maybe you have to. I have to hand it to you as well that you know. Uh, I love that your your statement is that maybe he didn't go far enough when uh, this film has a baby being killed and then moments later everybody eating it. Um, well, could I touch on that? Like, I find that I find that just an easy gag. I'm just like, oh, okay, we're gonna have this baby. Oh, it's gonna be killed. Yeah, that's uh, it's like you know, it is to a certain degree. You know, it's 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 the the death of a child here used as some sort of shock tactic to me. I, I did. I don't find it. I, people were talking about how balls out insane this is. I did not. I found that he made the easy choice, time and time again, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh yeah, I know what's going to happen to that baby. Like, I I don't know. I just I think like because everyone looks at that as the, you know, it's a symbol of innocence and virtue. I mean, this baby has done nothing in its life. It's just been produced to be t- torn apart. And yes, I understand the visual stimulus of seeing it, but I just. I I just kind of see this chicken shit a little bit. I don't I don't think it really speaks to to people like and speaks to well, humanity. I, I found this is a film that is very uh, very in line with the film, which I wasn't such a huge fan of. But everybody uh, it seems had a massive thing for uh, and talking about how film Twitter goes as well, um, which was a film that came out earlier this year called A Ghost Story, which everybody seemed to absolutely love. And I was very middling. I was middle of the road. I thought it was, uh, for the first 45 minutes, the worst film I'd seen all year. And then the last 45 minutes, the best film I'd seen all year. That's interesting because that's almost my exact take on it. And I, that's my favorite film of the year. Like that, To me, that was yeah. a truly divisive film just for me watching it because I'm like, oh, this is a real piece of shit. And then something <laughs> something clicked. There's something in there where I was I was deeply moved by that last half um and yeah that's that was something i had on the mind because i I felt like mother as i said first half i'm really into it and the second half and i don't know if it's just like i'm a bit more forgiving uh ultimately where we end up with the character if we end up in a place where i'm like oh that was the point of all that but i don't i've not rewatched the ghost story either so i'll have to see if it holds up i have no interest in rewatching it even though it's only like 90 minutes long but um well you are a jackass sir i'm glad you're on the record (laughs) <laughs> a jackass who I, cannot be moved <laughs> not at all i refuse to uh it has no baby eating in it um <laughs> but i i the thing i found about it is that you know compared to mother is that they're both circular films they both kind of uh put their you know that their characters in them start at one point and they end at the same point in some regards and you know, sure, there is a natural conclusion to a ghost story with Casey Affleck's character, and that kind of adds into who he is. But all those scenes where time progresses and we we don't really see what's occurring, he just kind of appears and there's a building there and then there's no building and then he's back with the pilgrims and all this kind of stuff. It feels very similar to what Mother's doing in the sense that the devolution of society means kind of nothing in some regards. What 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 is it all about if, you know, everybody just is going to tear everybody else apart and destroy everybody. Um, And I I like that aspect of it. I like that. Yes. It on some level, it's a very simple film about creation and and all that kind of stuff. But then on another level, there's all that pretentious stuff, which that Darren Aronofsky has walked over before with, as you're saying with Noah, which I was a huge fan of. I think it's a really great film because it questions human humanity's role in society and 
in religion as well in the sense that, you know, if some guy is just telling you what to do, then what about you? What about your emotions and how you feel about the end of the world and the fact that you know that the end of the world is coming but you can't tell anybody and, you know, and you've got to really kill yourself and your whole entire family at the end of it just to let these animals live. Me, I was on board with the animals. I was like, yeah, you know, I've seen what people have done and, you know, not so great. Um, You're also on board with baby eating too, so. Yeah, well, hey, look, these things happen. You know, unfortunately, it's society. And um, You know what I just realized is that uh, the the scene I hated uh, quite a bit in the ghost story was like it was walkout worthy. I thought it was the the pie eating sequence with Rooney Mara, which a lot of people people loved it. I I thought it was pretentious. I thought it was uh, uncaring. It's funny for a film that is – is very much about this undying love or this this earnest like want. I felt like that was the time that he was being incredibly cruel to one of his characters and was trespassing a bit in like grief porn to a certain degree. I thought. Well, I just thought it was a bit silly that you have Rooney Mara sitting there eating a pie and she's never eaten a pie before in her life. At least give her a test pie to start off with so she knows how to eat the fucking thing <laughs> properly. <laughs> I, I wasn't as much looking at the practical nature of eating pie. I, I think the conclusion I have is uh, scenes that are meant to evoke some emotion of something being eaten just don't work for me. I, 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 think, I think eating is a, a function we, we have to live, but it's nothing that moves me greatly. I don't know if there's ever been a movie scene of eating that I found emotionally engaging in any way, be it pies or babies. Uh, not in with Nail and I, where the lady eats the uh, very runny egg sandwich, and it all kind of spills everywhere. Uh, I've you not didn't seen have that, a... but that sounds disgusting. I don't, I don't like wet food. I don't like messy food. So no. Oh well, you know, it gives you a visceral reaction of like, oh, this is disgusting. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that Mother touches on a lot of different things, and it all depends on what you want to get out of the well, film. What does it say to you? What I mean, what, what was it that you know really drew your your sort of praises. What, what was it about it that spoke to you? Well, one of the questions which Bernadette asked me on the podcast that we did um, was, you know, she asked and said, like one of the accusations that's been leveled against this film is it is it pretentious and is it misogynistic? And I said, well, yeah, it is. It's both of those things. But just because it is those things doesn't mean that it leans into, like it agrees with what it's doing. And I think for me that this is this is a film about, you know, you can't help but bring Jennifer Lawrence's life into what goes on screen in this film. She has some pretty terrible moments in there where she gets beaten up and, you know, clothes torn to shreds and everything. And she gets a whole bunch of obscenities thrown at her. And I couldn't help but feel that this is what celebrity is like uh, for somebody like Jennifer Lawrence, who has been through the ringer and all kinds of manners of different things, you know, unfortunately having uh you know, nude photos of her leaked online and all that kind of stuff. And it's a terrible thing to go through. And so I think it's a very brave, you know, I hate using that term, but I think it's a brave performance for her to do because she's working through a lot of that on this, on screen here. And, you know, to do that, the film has to be misogynistic and it has to be pretentious to be able to explore those ideas. Again, I could be wrong and coming back to Dave's episode, you know, I'm sure that everybody on Twitter will be atting me and saying, ah, that's not what it's about. Didn't you well, see it? they'd have to listen to this first, so there's no worries there. <laughs> there no one other than the people we're probably tagging or are listening to this. Well, uh, that's it. I, yeah, I disagree on the I, – I 
have quite the distaste for this film, but I, I never got that it was misogynistic. Uh, I say that as, as a man, obviously, and I, I can tell you when something is or is not misogynistic, <laughs> how it affects me. Um, I found something like, I'll tell you what, you know, a film that's uh, coming up, uh, the Kingsman sequel, I found that first film to be greatly misogynistic. And that was like a crowd pleaser. That was uh, a yeah. mainstream success. And I thought the way they treated the female characters, not only just the, uh, the, the, the anal sex gag that sort of ends the film, it closes out. That's our hero's reward. Um, it literally zooms in. Yeah. Uh, but also the, uh, you know, the other, the other member of the team, the, the, the female, the co-lead the, to our, the actual Kingsman <laughs> who becomes like a, uh, crying mess. Uh, during yeah. the final sequence, I was just like, "Oh, this is this is yeah, this is a boys' club movie, and this is women are meant to be saved or they are prizes." And so, yeah, mm. that's I I think I think displaying misogyny doesn't make the film mother misogynistic here. Now, what I would say is I don't find the idea of um a woman being taken advantage of mainly for her body here if she is meant to represent mother earth uh and even if you don't go that far just saying that she's obsessed with procreation and then that was her ultimate end is when when that is removed for her that that baby that she she has no more purpose in life she has nothing left to give this world that i, I don't find be particularly interesting anymore I don't, I don't feel like aronofsky has anything more to add to that that we've not seen before i don't feel like this is some sort of new idea and you know, I I would have been totally cool as Jennifer Lawrence being the artist here, being the author. Like it to me it would have been more interesting to see a, a man put in that sort of emotional state of high anxiety as far as not feeling like an active participant in their partner's life. I think we've seen a woman play that part many, many times. That's why I said I don't feel like it's pushing things forward for me. I don't think it's breaking new ground. Would you like Javier Bardem to have given birth? Uh that would be something to see. That would be something new. <laughs> that would I don't think I've seen it on screen yet. Uh but sure, I I, I think that uh I, I think him him being the sort of brooding artist that can't show love to his partner, uh if we're just keeping it on, you know, our realm without all the other the allegorical stuff, is something that men in particular male filmmakers really gravitate towards because they see themselves as that character. And it's like some sort of weird attempt at an apology for them being obsessed with their work. Uh, but it's also glorifying them and their work as far as like, oh, this was for this. this look, I made mother. This is what it's all for. And I, I don't know. I just have never I'm, – I'm just a uh, – country bumpkin in kentucky i don't find that amusing or charming i'm just like oh you're just an ass okay well okay so the the question is i mean we both watch a lot of films then uh you know throughout our lives and stuff like that and so we know you know we understand film language in the sense that we can tell when something's been done before and been said before and all this kind of stuff and of course darren aronofsky has watched a lot of films and, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff but you know as you're saying some of these things have been done before and said before but is that such a bad thing? Like that if somebody's repeating what has been said, you know, what if, what if mother is the first time that somebody is seeing these things being explored? That's unfortunate for them that this is their first <laughs> film doing. Cause it's, it's quite bad, I think, but um, no, to, to not take the, the cheap shot answer there. I, I, I think the problem I'm having is, is it's a reaction to the, the extreme positivity this film's gotten. The ones that are having a strong reaction seem 
tend to say, as Dave said on his show, uh, we're just going to give him as much promotion as possible, uh, that even even the pro side of this can be just ridiculous asshats about it, saying, like, well, you just don't get it. Uh, and mm. I don't I don't often see, even in a lot of these, these posts, I don't see often them, like, what is, okay, what is it that spoke to you? What, what did you get out of it? And so I, th- I think it's a very simple story and it's dressed up in a certain way, but because of the, of the dressing, I feel like people are reading more into this than, uh, okay, let me think. Here's one. I know you, you didn't like, and I swear this is not a cheap shot, but it was actually on my mind. Queen of earth with, uh, Elizabeth Moss. I felt it was somewhat similar. I felt like there was similar territory covered. The difference <laughs> was it was about a female friendship. It was about two women and it was, not about, as I said, this brooding, uh, sexy male artist with his much younger, sexier like wife who he can't be bothered to have sex with because he's making something. God damn it. He's attempting to give something to the world. I felt like, you know, there's a mental breakdown in queen of earth. And it's also a film that really sort of makes you feel, uh, that unease and anxious. And that one was about a friendship between two women and the reaction from, film podcasters to film Twitter is I don't get this. I don't know what this is about. And I was just like, Oh yeah, you probably don't because it's, you are identifying yourself with the Bardem character. You like what Aronofsky saying, because it's a very male perspective. And the one about female friendship and compassion, which the mother is not about compassion at all. That was something that got dismissed in the horror genre. And I never understood that. Never, never understood why they wouldn't be interested in, something that's you know a a little bit to the left of their life experience i think it's a twofold thing and uh, you know in the sense that if the film is not the hot thing of the week then what's the point in talking about it and you know i think you found uh in some of the the episodes you've done on war machine versus warhorse that you know if it's a film that that may not be a big film but you guys are discussing it as a new film uh, it may not get the same traction and i find that all the time on the last new wave in the sense that and i'm not just saying these titles to uh, for self-promotion but in the regards to you know if the film is not the big thing that's being discussed that week then what's the point point? and it's like I'd, I'd tried to discuss uh split and we watched it about six months after it came out and i was not a fan of that film but nobody like there was very little interaction with it whereas so i missed the window in being able to discuss it and i think that's the thing is that with queen of earth you know yeah i didn't like it all that much but i think it is a good film and in the sense that it's a challenging film in you know in a lot of ways that many people are saying go and see mother because it's not like anything you'll see well go and see queen of earth because yeah i didn't like it but it's a it is a film that's not like much you'll ever see and it will challenge you as a viewer and it's sad that a film like that doesn't get the same traction on social media as something like mother or something like it. Aronofsky. It doesn't have Jennifer Lawrence. So, I mean, part of, part of, you know, me putting on the, the hipster hat there is like, yeah, you, you took a walk on the wild side and saw a $50 million wide release starring the girl from the hunger games for your art house experience. Not really that impressed. It's like, this is not, you know, it it is. I mean, it's, there's, there's something to be said for, you know, Paramount, putting this out there for everyone to see when this ha- it reeks of something that would normally be platformed. But mm. I also, I personally think I wonder if they thought like, you know, the critical reaction to this, we don't really know how this is going to go. So we just got to throw this out there and we hope we trick people into seeing it. 
Maybe, but their reaction afterwards was very much like, you know, we stand by the filmmaker and what we want to do. And and the thing is, I think that Paramount is certainly in a point in their career, their, not their career, but their I like how you, you've gone full Trump. You're identifying <laughs> this massive corporation as this individual. <laughs> well, naturally, yeah, of course. But they're, you know, they, they are gradually having less and less uh, returns on their box office and stuff like that. And certainly, you know, the Transformers films, you know, the last one made terrible bank and they're one of the few companies that don't have a superhero franchise. I like this um, thought process. It's like, fuck it. The, uh, the dancing robots aren't working anymore. All right, Aronofsky, give us something. We need, we need you to fix this. Well, I, you know, I think it's, it's a bit different in the sense that, you know, when filmmakers have an unexpected success, they're like, yeah, we'll give you, you do whatever you want no problems whatsoever. A bit like after the uh, uh, Dark Knight series and all this kind of stuff, Christopher Nolan was able to do Interstellar and obviously that made a bunch of money, but people were just like, what the fuck is this? You know, 168 minutes of uh, a dude in a bookshelf. And I think the thing is that, you know, Aronofsky's last film, Noah, was not a huge success. It lost money. Um, So for a studio to be able to come along and go, you just fucking do whatever you want, man no problems whatsoever. It's a huge thing. Like he's never really been a huge box office taker. Um, so it's impressive that they did that, but yeah, it does reek of that all that whole fuck it. Let's just put it out there on as many screens as we can and get back as much as we can. And I think they will, I think they'll make back enough, but it will be such a divisive film. That it would be the kind of film that people will be like, I have to go and see what people are talking about with this, this film. And which is another, you know, I'm sure we would probably want to wrap up in a minute, but it's another thing that shits me about film Twitter is that people will go and see terrible films just because they want something to rag on. So, you know, don't say, ah, oh, the quality of films out there is terrible when you're going to see the emoji movie twice. Like nobody. <laughs> <What? you know? laughs> Who are these people that went back to see the emoji movie? <laughs> there are, are, there are, are people. I mean, I, I I agree with you somewhat in the you know don't you shouldn't approach any film with this sort of disingenuous angle that's like well now now I can have my take I don't think I'll like this but I want to feel justified in shitting on it but I'm also the guy that feels like you know if you're not into it, walk out like you know life Ooh. is short if you're if you're not digging the movie you don't you don't need to have seen it to have a verified letterbox review you know your experience is just as valid. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. None of us, you know, we're none of us are are Ebert here. We're not leading, driving dollars, leading the nation, saying Speak this is good. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. You're <laughs> in Australia. You, you may be very well be. I, I choose to think Bernadette is the Ebert, and you're you were the Siskel <laughs> in this case. I say that because you, uh, you know, um, they won't get this. But earlier this morning, you you had me do forty five minutes on Babe too. So you're obviously the Siskel in that that relationship. Uh, but I mean. I think, you know, everything should be valid here, but I, I also think that mother represents the worst of, of film Twitter film reaction and that you have to be either or. And as I said, I'm looking for a little more nuance. I didn't find a lot of nuance in what Aronofsky did. I mean, anytime you bring out a baby to have it eaten, you're, you're really, it's like, you're really hitting humanity with the sledgehammer there saying like, we're, we're all shit. Look what we did. And, you know, I personally I don't know about you. I don't know anyone who's had a baby for dinner. So it's, it's a uh, pretty far afield there. I, I would like to see him get back to the, the simpler days of Requiem for a dream. Would you have preferred, uh, you, would you have preferred that he leaned into the, uh, 
Steven Spielberg's the BFG aspect of it then when all the giants eat children, but we don't actually see them eat children on screen. Would you have preferred that? I have to admit I've not seen uh, Mr. Spielberg's uh, latest uh, work, but I'll just say yes. Stevie Spielberg, <laughs> I trust him when it comes to eating babies. I, I think he's he's got just the that soft touch with it that uh, it would be entertaining. That's it, yeah. I, I do have one last thing which I want to mention about Mother before uh, everything's done. Um, there is one <laughs> That's comment. a very dark <laughs> statement before everything is done. <laughs> before life as we know it is over. Let's get this on the record. <laughs> and look, if this is my final words, you know, it's not a very good choice, but nonetheless. Um, this is from a Twitter user on uh, uh, Twitter. A Twitter user on Twitter, yes. Uh, Thomas Harris is his name. Uh, I'm sure that some people, apparently, according to Twitter, it tells me some of you people follow him. Um, he said, Mother or Carry On Does Bergman or Carry On Does Rosemary's Babies. Sent me into hysterics. It's an astonishing piece of filmmaking, which I thought was hilarious that he compared it to the Carry On series, which I'm sure that you haven't seen, but they're a huge series. Uh, in the 60s and 70s um, where a whole bunch of different characters just appear and do random shit. And it does kind of have that feeling. Um, so good on you, Darren Aronofsky. You finally made a carry on film in America. I'm sure Paramount uh, could not be happier. <laughs> well, they don't have to pay for the IP. You know, they don't have to say this is a carry on film. We're just going to call it mother. <laughs> Yeah, because all, all those marketing dollars, that all the, all that uh, great love they would get from that uh, here. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I I personally I see stuff like Mother is very bad for uh, for studio <laughs> filmmaking because I I don't I don't believe them. I don't take them at their word that they stand by this. I think it's like, well, what are they going to say now? We're we're probably going to lose money on this this piece of shit that uh, a lot of people really hate and a lot of people really love. That's fine, but that's that's obviously not. That's not what they're trying to hit. They're trying to hit doubles. You know, they're just trying to to play middle of the field. And I do think, you know, based on the trailer, the marketing, they would have liked this to be, you know, pure horror or more in line with what the horror genre, our expectations for horror. Uh, and I, you know, I, I look at this stuff and I know film Twitter uh, cinephiles really applaud it. But I'm like, you know, this is why the you know, the mid range adult drama is dead because if stuff like this is going to be put in that, like, well, we tried to give these artists a film and it got rejected. So it's back to the, the capes and tights. I'm like, you know, <laughs> make something about normal people for God's sake. Like where, where the, that's why I love like, uh, you know, certain women from last year, which I don't mm. know if it was divisive, but it's like, you know, it's, it's about normal people, just trying to, to get by and have semi normal lives. There's, there's this weird reflection where it's like, if there's a lot of money in it, it's about these fantasy creatures with mutant powers. Uh, and then the art house, you know, they, they want to slap you in the face and make you feel bad for sitting there. I, I, I don't really get into either one of those things. I, you know, I, I don't, I feel like the stuff that, you know, Sidney Pollack made what that just doesn't exist now. Those type of films. But it's sad, you know, yeah, that that kind of middle range film, like Ordinary People, which won Best Picture. It's one of the best films I've ever seen. I absolutely love that film a lot. That was a huge success in its year. And we don't get those kinds of films anymore. You know, it has to be about something. It has to be, you know, the the kind of the the middle range kind of stuff is like Moonlight, which is a great film. Don't get me wrong, but it's a film that is about something 
uh, and it kind of has a, a button issue that people are like, yeah, we can talk about that because we can put it down into one small sentence into 140 right. characters. This is about black gay people. Uh, whereas mother is like, fuck is this? I don't know. Um, how it's got do a we... baby being eaten though? <laughs> it's got that. You know, I, I can at least uh, put my uh, what uh, insulted my senses down. Whereas I don't even know how pitch certain women. I don't know how it tells people like, oh, here's what this film is about. Uh, and I, I guess that's to its detriment. But yeah, it's it's not edgy or cool. Uh, but I do wish that. Yeah, the film community in general would would come to bat for that or keep the conversation going about that film because that's one that needs an extended conversation. I don't know if Mother needs an extended conversation. I'm sure we're going to get it. But right now we're kind of at the point where uh, it's just going to be extremes of passion on one side or the other. And nothing really gets discussed then. It's just love, hate. Yeah. But there's so much that should be covered that isn't covered. And unfortunately, you know, and that's one of the things which I try and do at least is that if there's a film that I'm passionate about, I will not shut up talking about it. You know, I'm sure that anybody follows me on social media is like, oh, he's talking about young adult again. But, you know, it's a film I love that nobody talked about at the time that it came out. And I wish that more people would talk about it. So, you know, I won't shut up about it. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to talk about everything that, you know, they enjoy but it's kind of like these these smaller films like queen of earth like certain women stuff like that that you know the the tying link is that they're all about women in some regards but they just don't get the audience that they should do you know duke of burgundy is another great film the love witch is a really good film as well and those are all uh, all very different films too and it mm, it is unfortunate if it's like oh it's about it's about chicks i guess put it in the chick section And, and one of my favorite films from the year like if people talk about mother being challenging like there's a the, one of the best films that came out this year is called Lady Macbeth, which is a fantastically dark film, but it's a deliciously dark film that nobody went and saw and nobody talked about, and it disappears without a trace. And it's just it's heartbreaking in that regard. And you know we don't have time to go into misogyny because that's uh, you know five minutes of uh, discussion that we can have there. But yeah, we'll solve uh, it in five minutes for sure. <laughs> well, we are white men. Come on. <laughs> What okay? I guess to, to wrap things up on this this final thought, which we will not touch misogyny, um, because we are not equipped, uh, I guess, to handle it. Uh, how much you talked about sort of banging that drum incessantly for certain films? You know, how much of fandom now in in the sort of cinephile community do you feel that people there's a a need or this act of responsibility? to like get the word out because you know as i i'm lamenting the fact of that mid-range studio sort of studio melodrama being gone now it's it is sort of reliant on people saying like oh you've not seen this like i, I bring up certain women and you're saying it's not even got a release you know in your neck of the woods mm. so how much do you re- do you yourself rely on people really really sort of keeping those conversations going about certain films just just to have them on your radar um Quite a lot because, you know, certainly down in Australia at least where, you know, the films that people talk about, the independent films that are the ones that I am more interested in than your Marvels and your DCs and stuff like that, um, they take a good six to nine months or not at all uh, to come out here. And so I it, it pays, you know, we have a whole list of films that people have casually mentioned here and there on different podcasts and stuff like that where people are like, this is really good. You should seek it out. And we'll just keep on waiting for it to appear and somewhere around us. And, 
you know, so it's a, it's a huge thing for me because it depends on what kind of cinema I'm interested in, but it's also depends on what kind of discussions I'm interested in listening to and partaking in, because the thing is you've got to curate your own group and your own interests and stuff like that. And, you know, hats off to the people that have 10,000 followers and all they do is talk about the latest Spider-Man casting, all that kind of stuff. Good on you. That's, that's, that works for you and it's interesting for you, but it's not engaging for me at least. And, and, I guess one of the things which, again, coming back to the mid-range film that saddens me a lot is that, you know, great, Spider-Man's all fun and all that kind of stuff, but how many, what do you remember for these films? What do you actually take home from these films? And I think that's the thing I love about Mother is that it, even if you hate this film, if you dislike it, you at least had a strong reaction to it. You had a strong response to it. And that is something which I want from cinema. And, Granted, you know, obviously the world is going to shit and all this kind of stuff, but it's, um, I don't know, maybe a lot of people aren't really interested in seeing bad, terrible things occur or, or rather not bad, terrible things all the time, but challenging things occur, um, which is fine. But, you know, we still got to seek out this cinema and support it and stuff like that. I mean, hardly anybody went and saw Spotlight and that one best picture a great film. I really like it, but you know, that talks about some dark stuff as well. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it's just kind of like, you got to curate your own stuff. You got to filter out. You know, I, I have most of those people on mute anyway on Twitter because I just can't deal <laughs> with seeing like, I just can't deal with all of that shit. Like I really can't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on that note, as we wrap things up, where can people follow and engage with you? <laughs> on social media, Andrew, knowing that their thoughts are heard <laughs> and read by you. Uh, AB Film Review, both Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I'm active on both. Um, depends on what I want to say. If I want to have a lot to say, I'll say it on Facebook. If I want to have a lot to say and say it in a short amount of time uh, with less eloquence than on Twitter. Um, so yeah, AB Film Review, those places. And I'm at uh, Projecting Film. You can also find my uh, podcast I co-host with Dave, who uh, we highlighted quite a bit on this this particular episode. I don't know why that'll be the last time. Uh, at Grand Gesture Pod, we do a romantic comedy podcast. And uh, this has been Marcus Played. You can follow us at Marcus Played Pod on all social media. It's cynical, it's ugly, it's mean, and it's really challenging. Uh, and I don't, I don't negate anyone's opinion who feels like it's bad or not worthy of their time, because maybe it's not worthy of your time. That is, again, subjective. But I do know that it was really worthy of mine, and I'm really glad I went to see it. I'm glad I kind of digested this this process. Uh, what has been less fun has been digesting this process online, uh, because this movie gets such strong reactions. There's a really weird and kind of ugly thing I noticed, that we are much more comfortable talking shit. Uh, we would much rather, you know, if you go on Twitter, you'd much rather see a, a tweet storm of 25 tweets about how Mother is garbage and offensive and disgusting. Uh, and all the people who like it, you see tweets like, yeah, that was really good. And I think uh, a friend of the show, Chris Maynard, of Following Films, brought up a really good point, is that to say you love something is to leave yourself open for critique as well. Like, oh, you like that? Let me tell you why what you like is bad. <laughs>